Blog Talk Radio. Aprite un po' quegli occhi, uomini incauti e sciocchi, guardate queste femmine, guardate cosa sono, guardate cosa sono. Hi, this is Mildred Tassoni, and this is Welcome to the Neighborhood NY.com. And we'd like to welcome you today. Today's show we're going to do a little bit differently. On Thursday, we had an interview with John Kamen, the supervisor of the town of North Hempstead. And I realize a lot of people didn't. It was at uh, 4.30 to 5. And a lot of people weren't um, available to listen at that time. So what I'm going to do, once I go over a few things, and I'm going to replay that interview. It was really very good, and it was it was good on several points. First of all, because it was about the environment. He, we focused on the environment, some of the initiatives in the town of North Hempstead. It was an introduction to some of the things happening here in the town. Second reason, because people feel cut off from their political uh, elected officials. And it's a chance for elected officials to communicate with the people. So, um, and we found some very inform- interesting information. Uh, one, one of the main things, before I go into that, though, I'm going to talk about yesterday afternoon we ran a small little food drive uh, at our local King Cullen here at 220 Jericho Turnpike. It's right by the Dublin Pub. And um, Alfil Jerry, um, who has been on the show, uh, and I and his wife Brenda, what we did was printed up a little flyer. As the people were going in, we just handed it to them and said, "If you, you know, if you can come, we'll be collecting cereal, soup, um, peanut butter, jelly, something like that. If you can, you want to donate a can. Um, that's that's good." Um, so um, what we did was, and so then after, like about an hour before we were ready to leave, we stopped handing out the flyers so people didn't bring food out and we were already gone. So uh, then we waited and we got two of uh, one and a half shopping carts full of food. I mean, people were so generous. And it's a way that they can do something didn't really, you know, we said, luckily soup was on sale, so that was good. And um, they were able to do something for people right in the community. Then Nick Harris, who works for the Racetrack Chaplaincy, who has also been on the show, he came and we put the food right in his truck and it was going right to the people in the community, same day, every little bit helped. So I just wanted to mention them. Thank, thank King Colin for doing that. They were very gracious to us. The people of New Hyde Park were very generous, and we really appreciate it. And it's a small something. You can do a little something. takes three hours of your time. We Nobody felt pressure, and they were able to give something, and it goes right to people in the community. So that's the kind of connection. Welcome to the Neighborhood NY. That's what we're all about. Um, Ryan, I see that you just hopped in. I did. Um, How are you? 
Yes, hi. Um, well, I, and I explained at the beginning of the show we're going to do something a little different today because uh, we were able to um, talk with uh, Supervisor Kamen the other day. Uh, so I'm going to play that interview after we go over just you and I a few things. Um, we are. Why don't you talk a little bit about the show we're going to put together and and the blog and just fill people in on that and then. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> really, I think our effort moving forward is tying into a website that we've put together recently. It's a blog called uh, The Web Uncovered. And uh, our intention here is uh, essentially just to communicate as much about uh, marketing as we can uh, in the simplest terms possible. Um, so some of the you know the radio shows coming up, we're going to discuss uh, you know search engine optimization and pay-per-click marketing strategies. In fact, we've already done a couple of those so far. Uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, social networking and the different. Uh, uh, different tools available to you, such as Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and so forth. And uh, you know, and down the line, as this uh, as this evolves, uh, we're going to get into greater and greater detail. And uh, as the technology continues to change, um, we're going to be right there with you to uh, to keep you right on the crest of that wave, so that you're util utilizing this wonderful free technology to communicate your marketing messages. Uh, and so that's kind of uh, that's that's the direction we're heading. I think. Would you add anything to that? Well, uh, yeah, a few things. Like also, when you say marketing, people think, oh, I'm not a business. Oh, I'm marketing. I'm in real estate. I'm looking for a job. I'm not marketing. I, it almost doesn't matter what field it, you're in, or mm -hmm. if you have um, a Boy Scout troop that is. Um, you know, doing a clothing drive or a fabric arts group like I have Clickit. It doesn't sure. matter. There's marketing involved, and and if you're looking for a job, that's marketing yourself. And that's uh, one of the first two or three shows we're going to focus on is using LinkedIn. Rick uh, Ravigno will be a guest, um, and will is working with this on um, putting on putting on the Web Uncovered shows. We're going to do Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock, half hour. And then we'll have um, references to the things that we talk about on on the Web Uncovered. You'll also be able to get to it from other other ways. Facebook will have postings on there. Um, uh, LinkedIn, of course. Uh, and um, so that you can sit there and listen to the clip while you're trying to do whatever we're trying to explain to you how to do, so um, so so we'll be able to you'll be able to use it for training and um, so yeah. I'll, I'll also mention you know you just off that point we're going to have lots and lots of different resources there for you. So whenever we mention during the course of a conversation. Uh, maybe a, a free, uh, you know, free image site like sxc.hu. We would uh, put a post link up there for you, and uh, that'll be the place to go for all those resources. So, just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Yeah, no, I think that's great, and I think I don't know. If, I guess we we will do call in. We're gonna. I guess we'll do call in at the end of the show, and we'll also be able to help people with questions. And I have a few people that. We're going to get started so that they can um, be sort of proof of concept. 
I'll tell you, yesterday it was great because I was Twittering right from there. We took a picture, posted it right on Facebook. And, I saw that. I was um, highly impressed. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're coming up to see with technology awful quick, too. Yeah, no, and it's great, though, because then you can just post it. I have to get it over to the Racetrack Facebook page. We also have a group that we started on Facebook, um, the Web Uncovered. Um, mm -hmm. There's just so many resources. There's so much information. And to try and get it to people, and from from my point of view, um, you know, you, it's just too much to start putting it all over the place. And who who wants to get it? So and 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 showing people how to get the links. Um, mm -hmm. how to find what they're interested in because we have a much, you know, we have what we're interested in, but maybe you are looking for a job, so you really don't care about um, free photos. Maybe you're concerned mm -hmm. on how do I get my blog on LinkedIn, you know. Right. Um, right. But there's tremendous groups on LinkedIn. Which groups do you join? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, it's almost mm -hmm. overwhelming. So that's, mm -hmm. that's our focus there. Um, I'll tell you one thing, though, uh, because Blog Talk Radio is great, and anyone can have a show, any group can have a show. Um, and doing that, uh, the interview with uh, John Kamen the other day, so they sent me uh, brochure, you know, the last few things from the town so that I could take a look and be prepared for the interview. And I happened to, uh, this, is, this is big to me. So I happened to see where... It's, it, we have a, what's called a 311 number. So for the people in the town of North Hempstead, if you want to call a supervisor, you want your legislation, you don't have to go look up a number. You dial 311, you're connected, they put you to the right place. Then they log it, too, and track it, which is good because before you could call, you, nobody knew. I called again, the same information, and then you stopped calling. So it's, yeah. it was very frustrating. So they have a 311 number so that um, what well, doesn't matter. You want to get in touch with somebody there, you have a problem, you have a pothole, you want filled, you, you call 311. So I noticed where they had dogs. If you have a lost dog, you could call. And then in their statistics, they said that um, they had reunited 118 dogs with their families. Well, I thought that was huge, and they'll talk about it in the show, but we lost a cat last year. She got out. We didn't know it. She was an indoor cat. She had special needs. We we did signs around, you know, the neighbors. We walked. Everybody was looking for this kitty. People we didn't even know that saw a sign were looking and calling us. They were so kind, which I would like to thank everyone for. And... Um, we we were unable to find her, so I said to I said, can't we do it for cats too? I mean, they're they're going to include I have a cat shelter at the end of the year, but he goes, yeah. So because if people know if we start to get the culture that um, um, in the community that if you have a lost pet, you can call three one one. It's going to help everybody because then even the vet call there. Hi, Jason. I see you just came in. I'll finish up. Hi, Mildred. We'll turn into you. Um, so really, it's pets. You have a lost pet. You can call three one one. Tell them I found this because people have found birds. The people who lose it can call three one one. 
you don't have to rely on a small block area. So really, I I thought that was good. You know, using Block Talk Radio was good because it expanded the program and it expanded what the how the community can connect and how we. I mean, 118 dogs. That's a lot of people affected, a lot of families, and that they were able to do that. I thought was huge. So um, we were just talking about the last uh, Thursday show, Jason. So um, and 311 Town of North Hempstead, you can call 311, and they're going to expand it. So if you have a lost pet, you can call 311. So this is a good thing. Um, oh, Jason, would yeah, um, would you like to? What we're going to do is play John's interview as soon as we're done speaking. So if you want to jump in with any of the latest market news for today and um, sure. real estate mortgage. Keep um, this ahead. week was uh, definitely um, an interesting week. Um, what wound up happening was there was two two big things that wound up uh, going down. Earlier in the week, uh, a ruling was made on mark-to-market. I know a bunch of times we've had this discussion on this program in regards to mark-to-market, um, that fee counting rule um, that was putting – you know, a lot of good companies in bad accounting situations by having them account for their assets on a day-to-day basis, which was, you know, causing a lot of trouble in regards to just your accounting. So many of these good banks were having, even though they didn't do, weren't involved in much of this subprime stuff, wound up having issues, and that rule, as we discussed in the past, was set up by Enron. And it, I don't know the specifics on what the change to the rule was, but it seemed like it caused a change which allowed the stock market to rally. Kind of had a negative effect in regards to rates at the tail end of this week, um, but it hasn't been drastic. Now, something that we spoke about also was the fact that the government came out two weeks ago and said that they were going to start um, buying mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, which would keep rates down. Now, they're going to methodically do that, probably purchasing a couple purchases a week, two to three purchases a week. So even though with the ruling um, on the mark-to-market, which caused rates at the tail end to kind of jump up a little bit, overall we should see them continuing to kind of hedge down. Uh, staying in that just under five range. I don't know how crazy it's going to get in regards to it getting much lower than that, but we've been teeter-tottering between you know, 4.75 to 5%. You're all getting close to 4.5% on a 30-year conventional with a point. Um, it's been in that zone, so... The, even though it tailed off at the tail end of this week, a lot of it had to do with that mark-to-market rule. The other thing that also had a slight effect on what was going on was the G20 met this week. Um, so they, too, were working on uh, changing um, some rules to make it a little bit more enter, uh, enticing um, and getting the economy moving on the world stage. For you guys that don't know what the G20 is, it's basically um, the 20 biggest economies on the world stage. So we had a little bit of world stuff going on this week, a little bit of just internal stuff going on this week, and it seems like 
everybody's trying to get everything moving um, from the United States to the world stage. So that's kind of a quick update on what's happened so far this week. Great, yeah. Um, and I know you have spoken about that about the accounting. Um, so that and that seemed to be a big a big issue where everything really started to go awry at that point. If, if I understand you correctly, right? Wasn't that a major piece that um, maybe you could just explain that just a little bit? What the mark to market rule? Uh, was set up when Enron did uh, their accounting stuff. It, it's it's basically like to put it in the simplest terms, it keeps companies on the up and up so they can't cook their books. I mean, you could still wind up doing what the CEO of Citibank did and can't come out and just say, yeah, we showed profits for the last uh, month or two, and then eventually you got to issue your first quarter reports, and it's going to probably say otherwise. But uh, we'll see how that winds up uh, going down. But the mark-to-market rule, um, and when it was put into place, changed how people or uh, how the individual corporations were on a daily basis accounting for their assets. Like back when that rule wasn't in effect, what was going on was a lot of things were being hidden, so or deferred in regards to reporting. In re to the IRS. So a lot of companies could make things look more appealing, uh, let the stock continue to go up. You know, the hierarchy of these companies know that these um, numbers are based off speculation or misinformation, and then, you know, they would wind up having a huge sell-off when it hits its high before that information would get disclosed as opposed to when the mark-to-market rule came out, this is something that needs to be accounted for on a daily basis, making it very, very difficult for companies to go out there and make up or defer losses or hide things. Um, but it, in turn, what they didn't realize was, especially in the housing and banking side of things, that if you were going to make a mark-to-market rule that was going to account for on a day-to-day basis what your assets were worth, unfortunately, um, nobody foresaw the fact that houses were going to wind up depreciating at such a rapid rate. Uh, not to get into too grave of detail, but with that rule and the unfortunate direction that the market took in the housing sector, it really, really, really um, caused major problems in the accounting side of things, which Fortunately, now they're starting to address, which should help the economy drastically. I know it's a major; it was a major issue, and it's, yeah. even if you don't completely understand it, know that um, this was a big step in the right direction this week. Yeah, no, because I, I, you, when you first explained that to me, it made things clearer. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, okay. Well, thank you. Anything else? Um, I know you have your show that you do on Wednesday night, if you'd like to give a plug for that, too. That'll be great. Uh, and my apologies for being uh, a little late this morning. I'm actually, uh, as opposed to usually doing it from New York, um, had a little technical difficulty, but I am in our country's capital. Uh, visiting uh, DC, so that's why. And I apologize. Uh, just oh, no, that's a little okay. extra time to get on. 
yeah, we have our radio show. It's called The Real Deal of Real Estate. It's myself, um, Ben Oliva, Ken Erickson, Bill Wallace. Bill's an attorney. Um, obviously, I am a work for a mortgage bank. Uh, ben is one of your colleagues, works for Keller Williams, and um, Ken uh, is an insurance agent, uh, has been doing that for about 30 years. We are on 1240 and 1440 AM, uh, Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Real interesting, uh, real fun. We really try to keep it uh, active and fun, get people interactive. we got a studio audience. It's been real great. We've done two shows so far, and uh, I love people to take a listen if you got the opportunity. That's between 7 and 8 on uh, Wednesday nights. Right, and what we were also talking about, well, Ryan and I, and uh, with uh, Rick Ravigno, we're going to do the web uncovered on Tuesday nights from 8 to 8.30. So we're going to have to have these schedules. I guess on the web uncovered, Ryan, we can have our radio schedules, and we can include theirs too um, somewhere. We'll, we'll have it so that people can jump in. There's just... There's so many places to go look for information. So yes, we'll, um, we'll make it real clear there on the on the web page. Yeah. Uh, we do have yeah. an events calendar, so we'll add it there, and we'll. Um, that's why I want to start playing around with the LinkedIn events calendar too to, to hit some of the groups. Um, mm -hmm. So what uh, the uh, the only other thing that before we play John the interview with John is uh, one thing he talked about is the, the, the school recycling program that they've put together for um, in the town of North Hempstead, which was really very interesting because they've, in 11, 11 school districts, um, they've purchased recycling bins. They set up a whole program where they've got recycling bins, and the beginning of the day, some, you know, like a, a one student brings all the paper and I guess they have plastic bottles, whatever you can recycle. They bring it to a location, they weigh it, and they're going to start, uh, and they, so that they get a total of how much, how many trees they've saved, how many, um, you know, how much plastic didn't go into the landfill, all, all of that stuff. And he's going to put it on the town of North Hempstead website so the whole town can see, um, which I thought was a great program because it really makes the connection so people see math, they see recycling. Uh, actually, the town of North Hempstead has some really good programs, pharmacy programs, so you're not throwing away your pills. They don't go in the landfill, uh, recycling of equipment, and um, we'll have a copy of the the brochures that give all the dates on we'll have it on welcome to the neighborhood ny.com and uh, so people all your cell phones computers monitors you can just go certain days dump them off and that's it's really been effective instead of throwing it out in the garbage so we've really got some good programs he, he went over in depth not only how what the programs are how some of them came to be which He's trying to make the connection between people and government, which is one thing that we're in favor of. Um, okay, I guess that's all for now. Uh, what I'm going to do is play John's interview, 
And um, we have Web Uncovered uh, Tuesday night, which will you can come right here for it. The Web Uncovered, we have the website. Jason has his show. And um, we have some upcoming guests. Uh, doing real estate, I, we have someone who's a classical percussionist. He has great voicemail. It's got these drums that are just really nice. So we're going to have her on. We're going to have Michael Reeder on, who's just finished uh, a season singing at the Met. He's the one that the clip goes in for. I'd like you all to remember you can call 311 if you have a lost pet or if you found a pet. So that's one message that um, we want to get out because it's, it's really, um, it at least gives you enough avenue to try and find, find someone. Um, and thank you again, King Cullen, 2020 New Hyde, uh, Jericho Turnpike, right next to the Dublin Pub, and all the people of New Hyde Park for donating food yesterday, and we really appreciate it. The Racetrack Chaplaincy appreciates that. Thanks, Al, Bull Jerry. And I guess that's all for now. Ryan, do you have anything else you want to say? I think that's all. Um, <clears throat> be sure to visit the web uncovered and check us out on Tuesday night. And I think I'm actually going to be doing a show on Wednesday night as well, but uh, that's to, to be determined. So just uh, keep mm -hmm. watch out on all our various sites. Uh, but thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And you can find our group on Facebook, too. So, That's right, exactly. Um, okay, good. So we'll see you next week. Here you go, people. Here's our here's our interview with John Kamen. Thanks, Jason. Enjoy your days. Off. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Take care. Good afternoon. This is Mildred Tassoni, and this is Welcome to the Neighborhood NY uh, Blog Talk Radio. Today's show is Focus on Government with our special guest, John Kamen, Supervisor of the Town of North Hempstead. Welcome, John. Uh, welcome. Thank you, Mildred. Yes. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today. Uh, there, we are currently, this is going out live, but we will have the recording on our Welcome to the Neighborhood NY.com website the Blog Talk Radio website, also our Facebook page and LinkedIn pages as well. Um, we have uh, Welcome to the Neighborhood is so that businesses and people can communicate with each other. As they move into the neighborhoods, they find out about each other. This particular show is of interest not only to people who live in the town of North Hempstead, um, but we have, it, it, because it's about the environment, it's also government communicating with the people. So, John, today you wanted to talk a lot about uh, the town of North Hempstead. If you could just give us a, a little idea of how big the town is, because we have people listening in Chicago and other parts of the country because they're interested in the environment and they're also interested in how the people can communicate with their government officials. So if you'll give us a little background and then talk about some of the environmental things. Absolutely, absolutely. Town of North Hempstead is a town of about 230, 240,000 people. It's 58 square miles and located on the north shore of Long Island. Uh, we are literally adjacent to the city of New York. Uh, we're next to Queens. Uh, we're the first town, once you get east onto Long Island, 
Uh, to the south of us is the town of Hempstead, which is actually the largest town in the country of over 700,000 people. And then we have Oyster Bay to the east of us. On the north of us, of course, is the Long Island Sound and our bays and inlets. Um, the town of North Hempstead consists of a number of different communities. We have about 31 different villages within our town, not to mention dozens of school districts and other districts and hamlets. Uh, it actually was recognized as being one of the top 100 places to live in America last year by Money Magazine. Uh, so we think it's a pretty special place. And we are doing a lot of uh, environmental-type programs here that we're very excited about. And it's interesting that you talk about access to government. How do you speak to your government? How do you, how do you connect with people, whether they're just moving in or whether they have a question? Uh, if you're a business, you're a resident, you want to know what's going on. We've developed, as you know, a, a 311 system in the town of North Hempstead. Some cities throughout the country have done it. And uh, we are one of the first suburban communities to, to try this as well. And so. Uh, we encourage people to call uh, one single number to find out virtually anything that uh, they're looking to find out about uh, our town and even other things if we can help them. Uh, any particular environmental issues or areas that you want me to address? Well, I, I actually had sent over some of the information, the last two um, publications that you've put out, which we will also have links to. Um, so people can download them because they're interesting to see. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about the students' recycling effort. That was, um, I, I think, that'd be a good one to start with. Sure. You know, we we have uh, we have 11 school districts in our town, and each school district each year uh, we get calls from students, from teachers, from parents. They ask us, how do we recycle in our school? And historically, the town, which has its own transfer station, and we have responsibility for solid waste has not engaged in recycling in the schools because we keep local government and schools separate. And uh, the experience that I had over the, the years was that uh, there really needed to be some way to, to, to do something in, a, in a, a coordinated manner to make sure that all the schools and the children and the teachers can actually recycle in a meaningful way. And so I came up with the idea of creating a town uh, school district partnership where we, the town of North Hempstead, uh, agreed to purchase recycling bins for every single classroom in every single building in every single school district in the town of North Hempstead. Uh, over $200,000 worth of recycling bins, I would, I would note. Uh, we then agreed that we would hire a garbage carting company uh, that's licensed by the town to pick up the recyclables, and we would make sure that not only did they get picked up in, in, in the most appropriate way, but that they would, in fact, get taken to, to the transfer station and that they would, in fact, get recycled. One of the concerns that we have and, and complaints that we've heard about is that garbage trucks pick up recyclables and then they see uh, as the truck goes down the street, they mix the recycled buckets with the, with the regular garbage. And so people spend all that time separating the garbage and they, and they end up having the, 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 the stuff mixed with solid waste and it never gets recycled at all. Um, that concern is allayed when we pick it up ourselves because we make sure it's being done correctly. Uh, but with the school districts, it really is a fascinating experience to work with the kids, to work with the teachers, the administrations. Uh, we not only purchased the bins and we've already delivered them and we've had taken pictures and we're doing all this wonderful stuff with them, we've now purchased scales. And we've done that through the offices of Senator uh, Craig Johnson, one of the state senators here in New York and our representative. Um, we uh, purchased a, a number of scales where the kids, at a certain particular time in, 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 in the morning, they'll Bell goes off, kids come out, uh, one kid designated comes out with a bucket of papers, brings it to a central location, dumps it into the central bin. Uh, some other kids, older kids will come, take that bin, bring it to a scale, they weigh it, 
and then they bring it back. And we can then tell how much paper we recycle in every school every day uh, in the town of North Hempstead. Uh, every 10 ton or every ton of, of paper saves 17 trees. So the kids are going to be able to calculate exactly how many trees they save each day, each week, each month, each year. When you combine not just one building but each school district, and then you combine the school districts with the other school districts, again, we have 11 school districts, you're talking about hundreds of tons uh, of paper every week or so, or, or certainly every, every so often. Uh, we're going to be saving thousands and thousands and thousands of trees, and we're going to be able to articulate how we're doing that. And it becomes an education proce process, it's a green process, it's a good government process. Uh, all around, we think this is a very positive program. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it, it sounds like uh, it's it's real. It's something real instead of just oh yeah, you're throwing, you know, you're you're recycling, but there's no connection there. So, um, and it, are all the schools in the town participating at this point, or? Uh, not yet. We have, uh, of the 11 school districts, 11 school districts are on board. Uh, those school districts are Port Washington, Great Neck, uh, Sawanica, Car Place, Westbury, um, and Hassett, and uh, there's one more out there. Okay. New York Park, actually. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I should have known. Um, Heck of the woods. So, uh, yeah, so those uh, are the eight that are participating. And we're thinking of going into some of the private schools and, and working some stuff out with them. Um, yeah, they're still... Uh, they need to recycle too, so we're going to expand. So any, right, and anybody could contact you if there are private schools out there. They could contact you. I think it would be very interesting on the website if you posted that information because for the community, um, not only the the you know if you don't have a, a child in the school system, then you're really not knowing much about it. So um, that's a great idea, and I think uh, I'm going to. We're now going to do that. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Uh, we're going to post it. We should post it on on our website in the town, and mm -hmm. and that the schools do it as well. But you're right; people should be able to see how much garbage the the, the schools recycle this day, this week, and it'll give people confidence. And you know what? I have a feeling it'll end up leading to people doing more recycling themselves because they'll see what the and kids are doing. Maybe they'll feel a little bit more of an obligation to right. do it. And you ha and we have major colleges around here. I mean, not that they would have to do it every day and weigh it or something like that. But you know, I mean. I can see as this is a, could could grow to you know larger efforts um, just to make sure. Um, uh, another the um, the Long Island Railroad. We have 11 Long Island Railroad stops in our town, and so we we worked we worked out an agreement with the Long Island Railroad that we're going to do recycling bins on the platforms or near the platforms and do recycling with the railroads as well. So it's again oh. it's already expanding. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Um, another thing, I'm looking here at the page that's talking about the recycling, and you've got, I think one issue uh, is if it's too hard, it's, it won't get done. And you've got where we've got stop throwing out pollutants and dispose unwanted pharmaceuticals. So could you talk about uh, those two programs? Um, sure. The, uh, the pharmaceuticals first, I'll, I'll take uh, it's. We're hearing more and more that people are concerned about pharmaceuticals that are being flushed down the toilet, which is what some people do when they, they have leftover pharmaceuticals. They want to get rid of them. They don't want to leave them in their house or they're stale or whatever it is. Um, there's concerns that those the pharmaceuticals then end up in the waste stream, ending up um, somehow being recharged back into the into the our waterways and our systems. And uh, there's a concern that, that that's going to have a negative effect uh, as as time goes on. And so. What's, what's emerging is a recycling of or a collection of pharmaceuticals 
and you know, the question is how do you do that? It's that there are a lot of uh, concerns as to how do you collect it, how do you keep them safe? You know, you don't want to collect pharmaceuticals and have someone stick their hand in and take a bunch out and mm-hmm. do who knows what with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rules are that we have to collect them with a police officer present. We, we're, we've spoken to some of the precincts uh, in the town to see if they might do it out of the precinct so that we know an officer is present, but uh, there's still some, some issues with that. So uh, what we're going to be doing is including the pharmaceuticals with our STOP program, which is what you just mentioned, and that stands for Stop Throwing Out Pollutants, and that's generally for pollutants that are hazardous or uh, hazardous or have some other uh, issue involved in, in terms of getting rid of them, and like batteries, uh, paints, uh, bulbs, things that, that just are, are traditionally hard to get rid of, and we really don't want people throwing them into, into, the, into the waste stream, into their, into their garbage. So we're going to include pharmaceuticals with that, and we're going to have a policeman come to our uh, quarterly stop throwing out pollutants uh, site and just stand there for a few hours. So there will be a window where people can actually throw out their, their uh, pharmace- pharmaceuticals as well. But the Stop Throwing Out Pollutants program is something that's been going on for some time. And, again, it's very important to give people the opportunity to throw things out the right way. And, you know, I, uh, if most people are like me. They have a bunch of paint, pans, uh, uh, paint cans in their, uh, in their, in their um, garage uh, or basement, and then they're going to do a spring cleaning, and they're going to want to get rid of them. And we hope that they think of our program before they just dump them into the uh, into the garbage. You know, you can store them for however long you need to, but bring them down to to our to our transfer station. Uh, we'll take care of them, and we'll do it the right way. Okay. Um, just so I uh, introduce, this is John Kamen, the supervisor at the town of North Hempstead. I'm Mildred Tassoni. This is Welcome to the Neighborhood NY.com. And um, our show today is focused on government. Uh, another uh, thing here is mentioned about the uh, your it says e-waste recycling, and that if you'll just talk a little bit about that too, because uh, again, everybody has something here. So, right, you know, we have um, you know e-waste is electronic waste, and you know, of course, in, in this day and age, everybody has computers that they, they need to throw out. They sit in your basement. They sit in your garage. Uh, again, it's the type of thing that we don't want you throwing out in your regular garbage. Uh, it's not really appropriate to end up in, in, in that kind of setting. Um, so we have developed a partnership with somebody who recycles our electronic waste. Uh, we do it in a way that's safe. There were some shows on TV recently where there was concerns that electronic waste is being sent to China and it's being buried in, in these uh, unsafe places. Uh, we make sure that ours is, is through a local company and that they're doing it properly, uh, they're certified, et cetera. Uh, but it really is a way to get rid of uh, computers. And even today, TVs, there's, we know that people have to get rid of their old TVs and they're not gonna, some of the old ones aren't going to work anymore. Uh, we'd be glad to take them and, and dispose of them properly. Right now, in the town of North Hempstead, you can come to our, uh, our facility every Sunday and just deposit your e-waste. We don't charge you if you're a resident within our town. There's no fee. We'll take your e-waste, and uh, you know, we'll, people just go on their way. But we are actually expanding that as part of our school recycling program, uh, which is growing. The, the participating school districts that are working with us uh, are going to uh, have uh, dumpsters basically brought to their schools during Earth Day week or during that period, sometime this spring, where we're going to invite the schools and the residents who live in the district to come bring their e-waste to the local school and that way they don't have to drive all the way down to our, our facility, and it makes it a little bit more, more easy, and, and a lot of other folks will be doing it at the same time. And, again, we're trying to get people into the habit of mm-hmm. cycling the, you know, the, the right way. Mm-hmm. 
Um, one thing, it's interesting, you have uh, Echo Friendly 311, and that's talking about the call center. And uh, one thing I saw was that you can report a pothole to be filled with new Echo Friendly paving material. You want to discuss that a little that's, bit? Our, that's one of our newest things. You know, the 311 idea is that you, know, you, you call 311, and within two days, we will fill your pothole. And, that's, and we, have a, we, we, we document it, we log it in, we make sure that we're doing it properly and, and in the timely manner. And if it doesn't get done, we can find out why that didn't happen. So 311 is a great way, we believe, to, to make sure government is connected to the people and we, we, we service people in a, in a way that provides oversight, transparency, et cetera. Uh, one of the things that we're doing with potholes, though, is we've uh, been working with a company that takes recycled materials to create the asphalt-type material, ex and they, except that it's not petroleum-based, which means that we have this wonderful material that is hardy. You know, it, it works during the winter. We can put it in. Uh, to, to potholes, and it's 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 a way of doing a, a traditional government service, filling a pothole, uh, in a way that's also green. It doesn't look green because it's black asphalt, but it's 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 as green as it gets when you're using recycled materials that's not petroleum based to fill a pothole. What a wonderful thing! So it's little things like that that we're always looking for, and people come to us with ideas all the time, and uh, you know we throw them out there, we research it, and if if it works, then then we're willing to try it. And any, anything that that really helps green our town is, is, is something that we think is a priority. Uh-huh, absolutely. Um, another thing, you want to talk about your green team? Because I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you know, whenever you drive around our town or any town, it's so disturbing to see garbage on the side of the road. It really takes away from people's quality of life. You work hard. You, you know, we have beautiful neighborhoods uh, in our town, and I'm sure other towns as well. But we're really proud of the, the communities throughout, and they're – where we have diverse communities, all types of communities uh, throughout the town of North Hempstead. Uh, it really is a downer to see garbage and litter on the side of the road, on the sidewalks, in the trees. And so uh, I created a, what's called the Green Team, which goes out and picks up litter. Uh, last year, uh, we picked up 35,000 pounds of litter. And this is just one piece of paper, candy wrapper, bottle at a time. And it's frustrating on the one hand that there's so much litter out there. And remember, we're 58 square miles, so it does cover a lot of turf. And that does end up including some debris every once in a while that 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 that, you know, that, that weighs a lot. But uh, it is a lot of litter, and, and especially along some of our main thoroughfares, uh, it's just important that that we have the service that's going to go out there. And, and by the way, if someone sees litter on the side of the road, they can call 311, and we will send the team out there. And again, we log it in. We could document how long it took us, how much garbage we picked up, uh, when we finished. So it's it's, it's really a transparent system. But we want people to call 311 and say, you know what, you got, we've got a bunch of litter on the side of this road. It's been collecting. Or if you see one of those terrible signs on a, on a utility pole advertising, you know, some kind of service, you know, picking up old cars or, or you know, roof repair, whatever it is, those, car, those, those signs that you see on utility poles, our green team will go out and we'll pull down those, those signs. They'll actually report it to code enforcement, and we'll try to find out who's putting them up. Because uh, those, those are the types of things that, that communities should be able to, to minimize uh, if we can, and, and, and that, that really has become a priority for us. We yeah, only hope. I, mm -hmm. but that, I, I say we only hope that people don't think that just because we're picking up the garbage, they should feel, com feel comfortable throwing out their garbage, you know, out the window. We want people to to say, you know, here they are picking up the garbage. Maybe we should pick up garbage too. And, and you know, we do cleanups on Earth Day, and uh, we try to educate our community as to why it's important to clean up. So hopefully, we're sending the right message. Yes. Um, I, and I personally use the 311 call center. I use it a lot because yeah, oh, that's great. Um, 
It is. I just call us. I need to talk to one of the, the our representatives, and we they just connect you, and it really works well. I have one comment on that that um, I saw here where you can call 311 and report a lost dog, and then it said 118 lost dogs were reunited with their owners, which right. I think is fantastic. I happen to be a cat person, and I was just wondering, could we expect that I uh, we did lose a, a cat last year and we did everything and and our neighbors were really wonderful because I handed out flyers and and people called if they thought they might have seen her and they really their, their kindness was was really nice but we unfortunately were not able to find her I, I would like you to at least think about possibly expanding that to to cats I know um, it just when I saw that, I thought, boy, 118 dogs that you were able to find. But again, if people knew that they saw a cat, call 311. It starts to become part of the the community culture, so that I that might help. Um, so that was just my thought here. Um, I think it's a great idea, and we'll we'll definitely do that. We, we it'll work even now if someone calls 311, even for a cat. But what the 311 people will do is 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 immediately contact our animal shelter. Because a lot of times when someone finds a lost animal, uh, they'll report it to our animal shelter. We'll pick it up. So we might have a lost dog or a lost cat even. We're actually opening up a cat portion of our shelter uh, at the end of the year. Uh, we might have that animal in our custody, but we might not know that it's from five miles away or it's, it's you know, whose it is, and we might not be able to hook it up. So just by calling 311 for a cat or any animal for that matter, uh, we might be able to hook, it up, hook them up with their pet right away. And so we want to encourage people to call 311 for a cat or a dog. Oh, uh, we should advertise it. You're right. If people knew that, I that, didn't know. I didn't know you could do right. it for for a dog even. So I think that's that's something as part of uh, you know welcome to the neighborhoodny.com and other uh, part of the civic organization and things that will help start spreading the the news about that because that that's big. When you lose a pet, it's it's right. big. Absolutely. You know. Um, um, one thing uh, now, I, you and I have worked on a committee for. Um, there's two other things I, I thought you might want to mention. One is project independence, and one is some of your envisioning programs. Um, and that's uh, I've worked on the envisioning program for New Hyde Park. But maybe you'd like to uh, talk about project independence um, a little bit. And sure, then project independence is really one of our our pride and joys at this point. It's it's growing. It's it, what it is is, you know, it, it, it's a senior program essentially. And and what happens is, a couple of years ago they came to us and said that they there was grant money available for uh, services if there's a small part of our town that has 40% of the community is 60 years or older. And the goal was it's called the North Naturally Occurring Retirement Community where there's a concentration of seniors. And the goal is to provide additional services so that they can age in place. They can live in their home longer because if seniors can live in their home longer, not only do they have a better quality of life and you know, live with more dignity, but they save a fortune. You know, the federal government and state government pays a fortune in dollars to support uh, populations that have to live in nursing homes or get some type of assistance, medical assistance, where if we can keep people healthier and happier and comfortable in their own home, then we really are doing a service to the people who help grow and build our communities to begin with. And so we're take, we've taken that small idea, that, that, that germ of an idea that we started in, in New Hyde Park, by the way, a couple years ago, and we're doing it town-wide. And we call it Project Independence because it's helping seniors 
maintain their independence, even though they're utilizing services that help them uh, get by. And it could be getting access to a handyman to fix a leaky faucet or a leaky pipe that otherwise would get worse and create damage to the structure and possibly get moldy and create more health issues. So if you can call 311, by the way, that's how you access Project Independence, uh, get, some, get, get, get somebody out there to help, with you, help you deal with the problem. Not only do you fix the problem, you have less stress, but you also might address health issues, and there's so many other things that can, can benefit. The program also uh, has, we have social workers that work with us. Uh, we're working with some of the universities, and they have uh, students, you know, social worker students, graduate students that are participating with us. And we just received a federal grant, $700,000, to expand this program. We're doing grandparent programming. It's really a, at the end of the day, it's, it's a mechanism to call the town government and find out what program is available to you uh, based on where you live and what your needs are. And it could simply be that you need someone to talk to. It could be that you're depressed because the date coming up is an anniversary of a loved one's death uh, and you want to just talk to somebody about it. And when you call the town, because we've married the project independence idea with our 311 idea, it all gets logged in. There's, we document the time and place that the call came in. And so we, we can develop a relationship and understand the need of the particular individual. And as patterns emerge, there's certain problems that happen this time of year or there's certain problems that, that, that are emerging more than others. It gives us the ability to designate resources in a way that make more sense. So we can put more money in a ter certain type of professional or a certain type of program uh, based on the amount of need that we actually have because we're documenting the calls that are coming in. And so Project Independence is, is we're going to do it regionally, but it is town-wide, but we're, we have Newark Park, we have Great Neck, we're going to we're, we're Port Washington, we're going to do it in Roslyn, Westbury. Uh, as we grow the program, it really is something that's going to be wonderful. We, we're using the, the local hospitals have partnered with us. Um, social worker agencies have partnered with us. Faith-based organizations have partnered with us. We're speaking with the Attorney General's Office, Attorney General Cuomo, to, to give people an access to information regarding consumer fraud. So if someone calls up and they feel that they might be getting ripped off, they can. We're going to call 311, and we're going to get you directed right to the the, the Attorney General's um, uh, people who will help you up to help about consumer fraud. And it's just growing and growing, and it, it really is an exciting program. Uh, yes, the, I agree. Uh, one thing is, I know snow removal. At one point, that was covered, but then that that that's something that this last season, um, which we did have some snow. If you didn't have somebody to help you shovel, you could be in real trouble. So that's something you know. I know that uh, they've dealt with in the past, and mm -hmm. would be something to, you know, um, sort of add on to a little bit. I think. I know people have mentioned that to me. Um, we had a program where there was, there was a Merchant Marine Academy kids who do that nearby their academy, and we're looking to grow that program so that we can find either volunteers or people not necessarily doing it for free, but doing it for a set price that's, that's, right. that's reasonable, that mm -hmm. you know the people are trustworthy, they're, they're, they're registered somewhere, and, and we can, you know, if you get snow removed, you know that you can get your driveway shoveled for, for $12 as opposed to $30 and you know that they're going to be responsible, then maybe you call this number and we, we, we get them doing it. So we're working on putting that together. We need to do that through a grant, and so that's, that's why it's taking us a little while. But that, that did start out as one of our main goals, and, and we're definitely mm -hmm. making that. Mm -hmm. We have about five minutes left. Um, uh, if you would just talk about uh, the envisioning program, I think that's all we have time for um, uh, in this session, and I hope you all... Um, consider coming on again. That would be, I think, it's very helpful, and it's and it's 
it's interesting, and I think it's to, to get all this information out because that's one of the hardest things for everybody to either find out what's going on or get your message out. So um, if you'll just talk briefly a couple minutes on uh, some of your envisioning programs like the one in New Hyde Park. Right. One of the things that we, we learned early on uh, in government, you know, when I came to government, is that people are cynical. They, 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 they don't really understand why government does what it does. Uh, I now have been in town hall for about five years, and I don't always understand why government does what it does. Uh, but I think the important thing when you affect a community is to include the community in the decision-making process. I believe that if people know why I do what I do, uh, they would generally come to the same conclusions that I do. If they have the same information uh, that I have, they would generally reach the same conclusions. Not always, and people come to things from different perspectives, and we don't always agree, but at least they understand the process. And so we've developed this visioning process that's not unique to the town of North Hempstead. They've been doing it in other places as well. It started in a, in a community called Newcastle in the town of North Hempstead, which was a uh, minority, economically depressed community that had a, had a main street that was beaten down, and they just really had no investment in it. And so we brought the community together, and instead of just having someone give a speech, what we do is we sit around a table and we talk about it. We have a steering committee. We, we engage the community leaders and, and the organizations, and we ask, you know, what is it that you want your community to have? And so we did it in Newcastle, and it was a great success, and we're rebuilding that main street still. We've done it in Port Washington, also on a very large scale. What kind of community do you want? That's actually where some of our ideas, like the green team, came out of, you know, where people complained about certain things, so we developed solutions to it. We thought that, you know, we don't necessarily need a large, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 community, uh, large community to, to, to do visioning type things. So in New Hyde Park, we were frustrated, uh, yourself and others who are leaders in the community, uh, were frustrated with, with a particular corner, an intersection that had uh, a couple shopping centers that weren't maintaining themselves. There were, there were empty stores. Uh, there was some blight, and it was really frustrating. And the, the town's inability sometimes to enforce its codes as much as people expected we would and, and whatever limitations we had, uh, people didn't believe or they were frustrated by our own limitations. And so instead of doing this huge mega uh, visioning, we focused on one small area. And we brought in the community leaders uh, from the civic associations, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, some of the other folks that are active. And we had discussions, and we brought in the businesses. And we eventually got to a place where we at least understood what the problems were because we talked it out. Again, doesn't mean that there weren't problems. Even recently, one of the businesses had a problem, and we had to give them some tickets. And, you know, it's, it's, it was unfortunate, but, you know, it, it – it, it doesn't mean that people aren't ever going to make mistakes. It means that at least when something does happen, everybody's at the table and has the opportunity yeah. part of the discussion. And so at least you understand why the town did something. We understand why the businesses do something. And in, in that particular right. case, the town, I mean, the, the community residents. Uh, you know what? I hate to cut you off. We only out of time. Have, we're <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, I will definitely so come I, back. I'd love to come back and talk more about it. Okay, great. And we're going to, like I said, it'll be on welcome to the neighborhoodny.com. We have a, a Facebook page. Um, we have, we'll put it up on LinkedIn, and we'll give them, give people links to go to be able to contact you. Next time, maybe we can do some questions because we can have people call in. And um, so, if someone wants to get in touch with you, you'll give me an email address for the town and they, yes. they can send you. There might be people from other parts of the country who are interested in finding out more about these programs. Well, we do have the Town of North Hempstead website, so it's North Hempstead, and if uh, people go onto their computers and just you know, Google North Hempstead, yep. 
they yep. can find our website and they can get to us through that as well. Okay, good. Well, thank you, John. This has been John Kamen, Supervisor of the Town of North Hempstead. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Okay, well, um, I thought that was a really good interview. I thought that um, he answered the questions. I think there's programs like, I feel like even if we made a difference just by being able to help more pet owners find their pets, I mean, it's just how it's supposed to work. Free radio to the people, listen about programs, ask a question, expanded it, be able to help more people. So I I think Blog Talk Radio is great. I love all the social media. I think the connections are um, really good. And um, there are some of our legislators that have their Facebook pages up, Rich Nicolello, Tom McKevitt has one, that, and uh, Maureen O'Connell is has has a Facebook page, so you can go on, even if you want to send them an email. It's one less thing. One thing this week, uh, the Pickens plan, um, the March on Washington, the virtual March on Washington, it's been great because they put together some overviews of what you want your legislators to know. They do the research on all their addresses. You send an email. You click. It goes. And it goes to the people who are in charge of the committees, the right people. They also have an excellent reference page on every uh, of the major government officials' Twitter and Facebook pages. Um, so it's it's a way to send something to somebody. You don't have to maintain their email. It used to be so much more cumbersome. So once you get in the flow of what you're trying to do, it makes it a little easier. So I'd like to um, thank Supervisor Kamen for coming on uh, on Thursday. He will be on again. I'd like to thank Ryan and Jason. I appreciate their uh, dialing in. Even Jason from Washington, I appreciate his dedication here. And uh, next time, maybe we'll do a few more questions. and. Um, so thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.